welcome to the Vine Church. We look forward to experiencing community with you. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. Enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Vine. My name is Travis. I'm the lead pastor here at The Vine. Uh, If you're here and this is your first time, we're really glad that you're joining us as well. Uh, I hope you got a cup of coffee, and uh, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to ask us. Uh, Today, I just want to start with a quick announcement. Uh, So next week, we kick off what is called Summer at The Vine. Now, Summer at the Vine is something that we are uh, starting to do every year, and it's, it's just a time for us to build relationship, friendship, connection with each other, right? And so that's kind of our goal. And so over the next several weeks, starting next week, every single Sunday, we're going to be doing something very special, okay? So every Sunday, there'll be something different. It will be something fun, uh, something family-oriented and special. So if you don't want to miss out... One way that you can know uh, kind of everything that's going on is our church now, we have an app that you can download from any app store. So Android, you can go to the Android store or Apple, you can go to the Apple uh, store. And that app will give you all of the updates and you can kind of set it up however you want uh, so that you can see all the events that are coming up. But some of the things we're going to be doing are uh, we're going to be handing out some stuff for kids. We're going to be eating tacos together. How many of you guys like tacos? Yeah. Awesome. I like tacos. You can probably tell by looking me that I like tacos. Um, and we're also going to have uh, kind of at the end of this, we're going to have like a good old fashioned carry in. And so make sure you're paying attention to some of those dates. So you know kind of what's going on. And here's the point. Invite somebody to come to church with you. Invite somebody to come and hang out with you because we're going to have a lot of fun. Okay. And so that's what we're doing this summer. And that kicks off this next week. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, would you come and speak to us this morning? Would you give us uh, just incredible insight into uh, your kingdom? Lord, I ask that today as we unpack some some, uh, scripture and we unpack some things that you would just come to life in in those scriptures, that that there would be uh, things we would see that maybe they would be new discoveries this morning. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts and would you uh, just challenge us to take a step forward. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, over the last uh, two weeks, some of you have noticed that I'm wearing these funny things on my face uh, called glasses, right? And uh, I, I'm going to tell the story real quick. So so here's what happened. So I, I have gone 42 years without wearing glasses, and I'm very grateful for that. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I went in to renew my driver's license, right? That's one of the things you got to do. And so I go in, and I'm renewing my driver's license. As I get there, they take you over to that weird little eye thing that, like, they've never washed in, like, a million years, and you put your, you know, face up against it and touch everybody else's face in the process, right? It's really lovely. And so I do that. And and they're like, okay, could you read the bottom line? Nope. How about uh, the next line up? Nope. <laughs> He's like, oh well, maybe it's a slide. Let me let me try a different slide. Okay, uh, read the bottom line. <laughs> Still no. How about the next one? No. How about the next one? No, no. And he's like, buddy, you need glasses. 
So that's what happened. And so I found out just a couple of weeks ago, after having 2015 vision my whole life, that I needed to wear glasses. So it's clear that things in my body are not working the way that they once did. How many of you can relate to that, right? Yeah, hallelujah. I'm, I'm grateful that we get a new body once we get to heaven because, man, I'm going to trade this thing in, and I'm pretty happy about that. But here's, here's my point and why I'm sharing that this morning is as I age, there, there are some things I find that aren't working the way that they used to, but I also find that there are some things that I've discovered how they work. Right? And you probably can relate to that. Like there's some things you've, you've kind of figured out. Oh, this is how that works. This is how that functions. And so this morning we're kicking off a new series and the title of that series is How It Works. And our goal is we're going to dive into just, just some of the inner workings of our faith and what it, what it means to follow Jesus and kind of like, how, how does this work or how does that work? And so today we're talking about how this Christian life works and how it is, is changed by the kingdom of God. So I want to kind of dive in by giving you a little bit of a mental picture. And so I'm going to kind of describe this, and I want you to kind of put yourself in the scene of this picture for a minute. So imagine for a moment that you were hired to do a job working in a field, okay? You're hired to do this job, and you're going to go work in this field, and as you're working in the field, you're, you're working away and you're, you're doing what you need to do. And all of a sudden you come across this, this kind of like bush that's hiding a door. And there's this like metal door and it looks like it leads to some kind of underground storage area or something. And so you walk up to this door and, and, and you grab the doorknob and you realize like this thing hasn't been opened in a very, very long time, but there's, but there's no lock on it. So you open the door and I think that's how that works. That's how all my doors are anyways. And then you like look inside and it's dark. And so you get a little flashlight and you peer in. And you start to kind of go down these little stairs and suddenly you find yourself in a room that looks kind of like this. And it's this big storage room, but in the storage room, you notice there is a stack of cash from the floor to the ceiling. Yeah. But, but you also notice there's like dust on it and it, and it's just clear. Like nobody's claimed this. This is, this is like, it's been here a really long, long time and it's just there. And nobody knows it exists but you. How many of you are going to close the door and do everything you can to buy the field that you were just working in? Right? Would it maybe change some things in your life? Like, would you be able, like, willing to adjust your plans a little bit? Probably, right? Like, I know I am. I'm like, $100 million cash sitting in a... I'll adjust some things for that. And so there's a little bit of urgency, right? Like, oh, I hope that I can do this. This is so... I got to figure this out. Why would we do that? Because this is a game changer, isn't it? Like, how many many of you, $100 million would change your life today? 
right? Like if I was to hand you a hundred million dollars, I'm not going to do that. But if I was to, right, like that would, that would, that's like life changing money, right? But you see, here's, here's the deal. This is a similar example to what Jesus gives us when he's describing the kingdom of God. Only the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's even more valuable than that. Like a hundred million dollars, just, just like barely even scratches the surface compared to the kingdom of God. Its value is immeasurable. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Matthew 13 verse 44, and we're going to take a look at what Jesus says about the kingdom of God. He says this, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and he sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven, and so he kind of goes into a whole nother kind of illustration. It's like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Okay, so Jesus is trying to help us understand something that is critical to living a Christian life. And that is the kingdom of heaven is more valuable than anything we can come across. Anything in our life. It's the kingdom of heaven is more valuable than that. Yet, and I want you to pay attention to this. Sadly, many Christians fail to shape their life around the pursuit of God's kingdom and instead try to make God's kingdom fit into our lives. Does that make sense? Instead of, of, of pursuing God's kingdom with everything that we have, we often try to add God's kingdom to our life where it's convenient and where it fits. But if you think about this for a moment, how many would you, how many of you would do that for a hundred million dollars? No, you, you would, you would shape a lot of things in your life to receive a hundred million dollars. So why, why is it that, that when Jesus tells us this is even more valuable than that, why do we struggle so much to hold its value near to us and allow it to affect and change our lives? It's crazy. (laughs) It's like trading a steak and seafood dinner for the rest of eternity for a single bologna sandwich. Right? Some of you are like, well, I like bologna. Yeah, not that much. Right? Or it's even worse than that. It's like trading coffee and tacos for eternity for a cup of warm water and rice. But you see, here's the challenge. We sometimes do that, don't we? We fail to see the value of God's kingdom and live it out daily in our lives, where we let it change and affect the course of our life, where we actually change our plans based on God's kingdom instead of letting God's kingdom change our plans. You see, the, the, the reality is when we allow God's kingdom to change our plans, that's when our lives start to move the kingdom forward and participate 
with the Jesus that we serve. But then Jesus, he, he actually changes his tone a little bit. And he gets a little bit more serious. And he helps us understand what's at stake when we do that. It says in verse 47, he says again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up on shore, sat down and sorted the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is what it will be like at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Jesus asks. Yes, they said, we, we do. Then he added, every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. Some of us have a hard time with the idea that there are some people that will die and spend an eternity separated from God. But the problem is that was not God's plan. God did not choose that for them. But instead, he actually gave us a choice. Everybody's invited into the kingdom of God. But everybody has a choice which road they're going to take. And one of my greatest fears as a pastor is that people close to me, people I love, people that have been in church that I have pastored and I've walked with in life would spend their lives in pursuit of their passions and their dreams and their own desires and give little thought to the kingdom of God. And in doing so would make a trade that carries eternal consequences. But you see how this works is Jesus invited us into his kingdom. He invited everybody into his kingdom. Everybody gets an invitation. When we surrender our lives to Jesus, we become residents of the kingdom of God. Even while we're still living here on earth, we become kingdom people. But then Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, he tells us to, to go and to what? Does anybody know? Make disciples, right? He tells us, go make disciples. And so it, it's as if we're invited into the kingdom, but then our role he hands to us is that we would invite others to come along with us, inviting others into the kingdom and teach them what it means to follow Jesus in service to God and his kingdom work here on the earth. So step one, we become residents of the kingdom of God. Step two, as we learn to follow Jesus, we go and we make disciples and we invite others to participate and be involved in the kingdom of God. But then the apostle Paul, he, he helps us see what it looks like to kind of live that out each day in our lives. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 12, verse four, I'll give you a second to turn there. 1 Corinthians 12, verse four. He says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
you have a spiritual gift within you. And that spiritual gift within you is designed to help others. The context that Paul is speaking of here, he goes on to talk about the body of Christ or the church, the community of believers that gather together. And so we become residents of God's kingdom. We learn to follow Jesus and teach others and invite them into God's kingdom. And then we serve others with the gifts that God has given us. So it's abundantly, abundantly clear that the gospel of Jesus is not for spectators, but for participants. Right? And so if you're here and, and you attend church on Sundays, but you haven't gotten involved, I just want to challenge you. Like, that's not what it fully means to know Jesus and to follow Jesus. Like, part of following Jesus is that we participate in his kingdom activity. And one of the ways that we do that is through the activity of the church. It's what we've been invited into. The gospel of Jesus is not for spectators, it's for active participants. And so the question that we have to grapple with in our, in our own hearts is, where do we land? Which one are we? Are we active participants or are we spectators? And it's clear we've been given an invitation to be active participants. One of the reasons that I love being a part of the vineyard uh, is, is the vineyard as a whole has a value that, that we carry here. And, it, and this value is everybody gets to play. And if you hang out here long enough, you'll eventually hear somebody say, everybody gets to play. And what we mean by that is, hey, you have a part to play. You've got gifts that I don't have. And, and I want you to be a part of this. Take ownership in what we're doing here. Be involved in what we're doing here. Because this is your community. This is your home. You're invited. Our Christian life was meant to make a difference in the lives of our neighbors, in the lives of our families, and within the culture of church. This place here. This gathering of believers. And when we understand the value of what we've been invited into, it changes everything. We're willing to adjust Small things and big things in our lives to pursue the kingdom. You know, when Jenica and I first uh, decided to, to move to Indiana and plant a church, we actually had it pretty good in Montana. We owned our house and, and I was making good money working for uh, my own company as an insurance adjuster and, and things were going really well. And, and if you've ever visited Montana, it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. So why on earth would we be willing to move from Montana and come all the way to Indiana and plant a church? <laughs> well, it's for the money, obviously. Um, no, it, had, it, it was because we saw the value of the kingdom. And we said, that's so valuable. We're going to give our lives to this. We're going to invest everything we have into this. Because it means that much. <laughs> and so that's what we did. But see, you've been given the same invitation that I have. And that Jenica has. And that our leaders have. To participate 
with kingdom of God activity. And one of the ways we do that is here by serving each other and investing our skills and our gifts and the things that God's put in our lives into the people around us. And this invitation from the Lord continues. So the question, how do we become active participants in the kingdom? How do we continue to do that? How, what are some ways that we can become active participants in God's kingdom? Well, here, here's a couple. The first would be lean in. Lean in, right? How many of you have ever leaned before, right? You lean and then you can fall over, but like you're going to land into something, right? And so when we lean in, the idea is that we look around us and we see where there's a need and we see how we can fill that need. We lean in and we, we step into the space that, that maybe there's a void. So look around you and see, is there a space within this, the context of this church? Is there a space within your neighborhood? Is there a space in your small group? Where you're like, man, I could do that. So do that. Step in, lean in. Galatians 6 verse 10, it says, Therefore, when we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially those in the family of faith. Now, remember the church is, it's, it's people, it's not a building, right? And you see, following Jesus invites us to actively participate with kingdom activity. And so we're not meant to sit on the sidelines, but this is like an important part of following Jesus is that as we lean in and we lend ourselves to the things around us that we can participate in within God's kingdom, we begin to serve others. But if you notice there, Paul said, especially those in the household of faith. Why did he say that? He said that because he saw the value of the church. Here's something I see all the time. Many of us have a heart to serve. We have a desire even to serve other people. And, and many of you, I watch you. you, you serve in so many different ways and it's an incredible thing to experience. But, but sometimes... We see something around us that, that is humanitarian oriented or, or, or social justice oriented. And, and those things are good and, and we can invest some time into those things. But we take ourselves out of serving in the church to go and pursue serving those other things. Now, here's the deal. Again, I'm not saying it's bad to serve in those ways. But I am saying one of the things about following Jesus is that we were invited to participate in God's kingdom. And part of that is participating within the church. And so something that sometimes happens is we go and serve something that is not Jesus-centered in the name of service. And we forsake the thing that is Jesus-centered in its place. And so wouldn't it be a shame if the church was robbed of the most talented, the most skilled, the most effective people, but the community around us 
was fully staffed and had everything they ever needed. But the community of faith had nothing. And so here's my challenge. Paul says, do good to everyone. That includes our community. So I'm not at all saying, pull out of the things that you are doing for our community. In fact, God's probably placed you there for a reason. What I am saying is also participate in the family of faith. Invest your lives into the kingdom of God by leaning in. Second way that we can lean in, we can, we can be involved in kingdom activity is to learn to love the church. Now, I get it. Sometimes the church has made some really dumb calls, right? Am I allowed to say that in church, right? Like sometimes churches make mistakes. Sometimes leaders have not always done the right thing. And, and as a result, how many of you have ever heard the term church hurt? Right? Most of you have probably heard that. And, and, and the reality is church hurt is real. Sometimes people have gotten hurt by people within the church. But remember the church is a community of believers learning to follow Jesus together. And the other thing to remember is that you know who else sometimes hurts people? People that aren't in churches. And so our community and the people around us sometimes also hurt people. And so I don't think that it's that the church hurts people necessarily all the time. I think that it's sometimes people hurt people. And so here's my point is God called us as a church to come together and to be a body of believers that is imperfect and flawed and full of all kinds of stuff that we're working through. But in the process of working through that, we encounter a perfect Jesus that begins to change and transform our lives and we learn to love each other as we walk together in community. That's what it means to be a church. And so here's the deal. If you've been hurt by the church, I'm sorry that's happened. But let Jesus heal that space and learn to love the church because the church was God's idea. And man, he loves the church. God loves his church. Why? Because the church is people. It's you and I imperfectly learning how to follow Jesus. So learn to love the church. That's how this works. And lastly, be the community for others you wish others would be for you. Be the community for others that you wish others would be for you. You know, so uh, probably one or two times a year, I will have a conversation with somebody and I will go something like this. I'll sit down with them after church and they'll say, man, I, I just, I'm just like not getting invited out to lunch or dinner with anybody. 
Or they'll say like, I just, I haven't made any friends here yet. And so my, my first question, I'll, I'll just ask them, I'll say, oh, okay, that, I'm really sorry that that's happened. Have you, are, are you involved in any way? Have you, have you joined a small group? Are you part of a small group? What about, what about joining a team? Have you jumped in on a team? And more often than not, the answer they give us is, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not really ready for that yet. Listen, that's what we're doing here, people. Like, we're trying to move the kingdom of God forward by serving together, loving together, doing life together, investing in the kingdom together. And guess what? One of the best ways to make great friends is getting in the trenches together and working on something kingdom-oriented. As you work together, you sweat together, you, you labor together, guess what happens? You often become friends because you see each other in those moments and you see who people really are and you see the beauty that God has placed within them and friendships blossom as a result. But sometimes in those conversations, I'll also kind of dive in a little bit and, and, and ask them, man, like I understand that maybe you haven't jumped into a team or into a small group, but have you tried yourself inviting somebody out to lunch or out to dinner or, or out to do something fun together? And more often than not, the answer is no. Listen, sometimes we have to take the first step. I wish upon every one of you here that today after church, you would be invited out to lunch. But here's the problem with that. Some of you have to invite somebody out to lunch for that to happen. <laughs> so why not you? Why not be for someone what you wish they would be for you? So today, invite somebody out to lunch. This week, invite somebody over for coffee. If you like to go fishing, I love fishing. Invite somebody to go fishing with you. Do you like baking? Invite somebody over and bake something really good and then bring it to my house so I can eat it, right? <laughs> right? Do you get the idea? Like, do life together. It's part of what it means to be a community of faith. We do life together. We have fun together. but it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us owning the responsibility to invite and to say, man, I see you and I'd like you to join me. Never underestimate the power of an invitation. When I was a young man and I was just kind of learning what it, what it meant to follow Jesus, my, my family, we went to this church and, you know, we were new and, you know, as you do, you kind of walk in and you're like, okay, what are these weirdos all about? And you're, you kind of walk in a little bit timid and, and like, as soon as I walk in the doors, this guy who was about 17 years old, and I think I was about 15 at the time, he comes like beeline straight for me and he goes, hey, listen, my name is Bill. What's your name? And so I'm like, I'm Travis. And we start talking and, and he just wanted to introduce himself. And then he gets done, you know, talking through, you know, just like, this is our church and we're really glad you're here. And there's the coffee. And he goes, hey, are you involved in a youth group anywhere? 
I was like, no, I, I, I'm not. And I don't even know what that is, you know, because we've never been to a church with a youth group. And he goes, well, listen, uh, we, we gather Sunday nights. So tonight we're going we're gonna to gather at six o'clock. And man, I would, I would love if you would come. And he goes, would you, would you come? And I'll even come pick you up if that's, if that's possible. And I was like, wow, this like guy is inviting me into his world. And I felt really loved and cared for. So I go to my parents and I'm like, can I go? Can I go to youth group, please? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can go. And, and so this guy, Bill, he comes and he picks me up and he was driving like a really old, like busted up, like Toyota Land Cruiser. And he shows up and he pulls into my driveway and he's got like, if you've ever seen like the old, old Toyota Land Cruisers, they have like these seats that like fold down in the back and they're like, you're sitting sideways and it's really weird. And like, he has like so much just junk in his car that he's like, I, I really don't have room for you other than in the back. You want to sit in the back? And I was like, sure. You know, we're like 15. It's cool. And so I like sit in the back and we're like clunking around and it's terrible. And we drive to youth group and I had the best night of my life. And in that moment, I decided I want to do that for other people. And it was in that moment that I started inviting other people into my world. I told everybody I could about that youth group. And it was through serving in that youth group, getting involved in that youth group, that Jesus began to change my life. I began to see the value of his kingdom. I began to see who and and what he had called me to do in my life. And I began to serve in ways I had never served before. And at 15 years old, it began a journey, a faith journey that quite literally changed the course of my life. And that all came through an invitation. You are invited. And so you can do for others what God has already done for you. Make an invitation. Invite people into your world. Invite them to church, invite them to a small group, invite them out to lunch or to go fishing. Invite them, invite them. Because God will use those moments and he may just change somebody else's life through you. So in closing, I'm going to have our worship team come up. some of the ways that we can be about kingdom activity are to lean in, get involved, lean into kingdom activity, get involved in something that is kingdom of God oriented in the process. Learn to love the church. If you're hurt by the church or you've been hurt by the church, man, let God heal that space so that you can begin to love others in some incredible ways. Lastly, be the community for others that you would want them to be for you. Don't wait for an invite. Start being the one who invites. Will you guys stand up with me? We're going to pray. Holy Spirit, would you this morning, would you just begin to 
show us one of those three areas, or maybe it's all three, but, but at least one of those three areas that, that you are inviting us to take a step into today. Lord, if it's, if it's that we need to learn how to love the church, Lord, I ask that you would, you would spark something within us that would love people so, so well. And that you'd begin to heal our hearts in whatever ways maybe we've been wounded. Father, if we've been standing on the sidelines and we haven't really gotten involved and, and we've, we've been watching and we've been seeing some of the things you're doing, but we haven't jumped in, all in, God, I ask that you would give us the strength, courage, and boldness to jump in, to get involved, to be a part, that we would see the value of your kingdom and we would see it so clearly that we'd be willing to give up and trade anything in our life to serve your kingdom. Father, if it's noticing others and inviting others today. God, if we've maybe felt like we, we feel alone or we don't feel like people see us, Lord, I ask that you would begin to show us how to see others and invite them into our world. God, that you would give us the ability to push past our, our fear of people or, or fear of, of failing or, or stepping into something new and that we would begin to push into relationship with the people around us. That we would start inviting people to lunch over for dinner and to church. Father, would your power and your kingdom come now and change our lives? Father, would you transform us and in turn give us the ability to impact those around us? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Well, that is it for today's message. We thank you for joining us. If you'd like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at thevinegoshen.org. We'll see you next time.